Welcome to the Kanoi Church Podcast. We're glad that you're interested in connecting through this teaching time. If you'd like to connect further, feel free to reach out to us through our website, kanoichurch.org. For now, enjoy this teaching from Kanoi Church, where our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Good morning. Little did I realize, I was told not to do anything. I'm not good. Little did I realize that coming and sharing the other week would bring me back up here to fill the shoes of Pastor Nick for this morning. But uh, I asked God to give me the strength give me the resources, and um, here we are. When my mom found out that uh, I was told her to make sure she's ready this morning, I wanted to be here a few minutes early, and I told her that I was stepping in for Pastor Nick, and she said, you're not going to say anything about me, are you? And I said, well, boo-hoo, if I do, you're back there and I'm up here. (laughs) But I had a good mom. Um, A couple years back, um, I had a great mom. Thank you, mom. A couple years back, I got a call from one of my uncles. And a lot of you in here, some of you know my my aunt, Anna Jeanette. And she passed away. And I got a call from my uncle and said, Ed, um, a bunch of the uh, uncles were talking and we would like you to have her funeral. And I said, you gotta be kidding me. No, he said, um, she was living in Pittsburgh at the time and uh, her pastor was uh, quite elderly and did not wanna make the drive in from Pittsburgh and so the family got together and it was unanimous decision that we would like you to have the funeral. And I thought, oh my goodness, wow. And I said, can I pray about it? And he said, yeah. And so I hung up and I went about doing my work in the sales yard and talked to Bonnie about it. and. Less than an hour later, I called him back and I said, God gave me the answer, I'll do it. And so we began to reminisce with the Zeger family being 17 kids. It's a huge family. We had our own village actually, had our own zip code. (laughs) And um, Anna Jeanette in trying to say, what meant the most to her in life. She was kind of like my second mother. She lived on the other side of the big farmhouse with grandma and grandpa, and we lived on the backside. And there was times that she, well, she just thought she had to correct me. (laughs) And one day she was really getting on my case, and I was just, well, I was just a young shaver. And, She was bugging me, and I said to her, I don't have to listen to you. You're not my mother. 
Whew. I didn't know she could run so fast. She took me out the door over on the side of the house and around the front of the house and I thought, oh dear me, if she catches me, I am done. <laughs> I am. And I got away from her and I got on the backside porch and thank goodness mom was there in the kitchen. And I went and I said, help mom. And my mom, by the time she got over there, a little bit of the steam had left the top of her head. And my mom said, what's going on? And she said, he just slipped me off. And my mom said, well, we'll take care of that when daddy comes in. And she turned around and left and I went, whew, man, there are days. So, um, but anyhow, in all seriousness, uh, today uh, I'm going to give a brief devotional. Um, we're going to focus this morning on the goodness of God the good shepherd. And after my brief devotional, I am going to, I'm going to open it up for testimony time. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in here that have experienced the goodness of God, the good shepherd. And I want to encourage you, um, if you're shy, we'll bring the mic to your, your, your seat. That would probably be appropriate. But I want to encourage you to share testimonies. Take me back to my childhood age when it was a, a regular part of a service. And it's very, very powerful to know how God is working in other people's lives. So that will come um, right shortly. Um, I have to make one more comment. I This has nothing to do with my mom, but I have never talk with one of these on, and I feel like I have a cracker stuck up here, um, and in my, po in, in my pocket, the, the powerhouse feels like the box of crackers that when my mom see me eating them and I wasn't supposed to, I stuck it in my pocket, so mom, you're up here, mm, remnants of you're up here after all, but uh, anyhow, the, uh, the goodness of God, the good shepherd. Oh, my goodness, what an opportunity to be able to walk with the good shepherd throughout our lives. I think many times we take it for granted. I know we do. Um, there have been times when I have felt like I have been going due east, and the good shepherd said, hey, I'm over here. And I came to a screeching halt and found myself going the other direction because there was a calling, there was a voice that said, you're going the wrong direction. And I thank him for that. So I'm going to, that'll work. I'm going to start with a couple questions what does it mean that Jesus is the shepherd? Eternal life is freely given by the shepherd and freely received by the sheep, us. The life Jesus gives is eternal. Eternal life, by definition, is a life that never ends. And if you have this life, it's yours forever. I looked up the word eternal. 
and it says lasting or existing forever without end or beginning. I tried to fathom as I was sitting and contemplating this, what does eternal really look like? What does it look like in your mind? Eternal is forever and ever. It is without end, it is out without beginning. It is a time, those of us that know Jesus as our personal savior will have spend eternity with him. And that picture, that image is just mind boggling, just mind boggling. So going to move on in John 9, get this up here. In John 10, verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door. Christ is the door. And if anyone enters the door, he will be saved. I don't know how you get it much plainer than that. Um, Christ does not care for you because of what he can get out of you. There will never be a time when he will say, you are not worth it. He made you his own at the cost of his life. Having made you his own, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. With, with such a shepherd committed to you for, for life, what do you have to fear? I'm going to read the last sentence again. What do you have to fear? How appropriate for today, where we're at. How easy. How easy is it for us to get sidetracked today? And fear starts to build up and we start to worry. And the shepherd says, hey, I'm over here. I'm over here. I had to think the other day that if we focused on praising God as much as some other things are focused, we would have a revival that would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. Sometimes I like music. Um, I think you've heard me say already uh, when we had a German shepherd, we never locked our door at our house. And he was a big boy. He was a mama's boy. <laughs> but he was a big boy. And when we'd come to church Sunday morning, he stayed in the house sometimes. And we never feared because he was in the house. And I often said in the morning because we like music, I think our neighbors down the road, although they lived a ways away, they could pretty well, I think they could hear WJTL because it was roaring in our house. Now, we did turn it down a little bit when we went to church, but so it wouldn't be so hard on the German shepherd's ears. But I often said, as somebody breaks into our house, the German shepherd will take care of them, and WJTL will take care of them getting them saved. 
Isn't that a good thought? That's pretty awesome. I'll tell you, I like that. I want you to um, want you to see this image. Um, I'm going to ask Josh Gantz if he'll come up. He volunteered to help me for a minute this morning. I told him I would not I would not embarrass him. But I'm going to ask you to stand here beside me so you're not much taller than me, <laughs> and you can just kind of face out this way. And I want you to see this image of what it's like for the good shepherd. Josh, I'm going to ask you to put whatever hand you're comfortable on the bottom out, flat like that. And this little fellow here is going to resemble us. And this hand here is Christ. And so you're held in Christ's hand. Now take your other hand and put it over top just so they can see in. And this is the hand of God the Father. And what do we have to fear? Isn't that a beautiful image? Thank you, Josh, so much. I appreciate it, buddy. What an image. Simplicity sometimes is the best. It's awesome. How open are we to the hand of the goodness of God in our lives? Is God easily our shepherd? Is it first nature for us to think of God as our shepherd or do we only go there in times of need? I find personally when I focus on God, I love listening to the radio, and it, it helps me with my frame of mind when perhaps somebody pulls out in front of me, maybe way too close, you know, and I'm like, it's okay, it's all right. I just wasn't supposed to get there that fast, so it's all right. I have asked Vonnie to read... Uh, and if her mic is activated, I've asked her to read the 23rd Psalm. Most of us are familiar. Would you listen to the words of the Psalm? I'm going to read it out of the King James. And actually, if you know it, you can say it with me. Um, I will read it because I'm a little rusty at the moment. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you know it, say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me 
in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you. Beautiful passage. Beautiful passage. We see it many times at funerals, and it's a very comforting. It's a, it, it, you really don't need to say much else about it. What can we learn from Jesus as the good shepherd? Jesus Christ is a good shepherd because he voluntarily suffered for our sins, and he gave his life for us. Therefore, we all will be res resurrected and we can repent and be baptized and forgiven from our sins. I like the part, the promise made there that we all can be resurrected. We all can be baptized. And there's an important word in there we all can repent. I am so glad when I stand before the throne, I am so glad that there isn't a fax hanging out of my pocket of my wrongs. I'm so thankful for Jesus' forgiveness of sins and I don't know about you, but I look forward to standing before the throne someday and hearing the master say, well done, good and faithful, come in. How about you? That's awesome. That is awesome. In a summary of my devotional time, I will read this. The good shepherd shows great concern for us, his sheep. He provides for us nourishment and rest. He guides us leading the way. He is intimate, intimately involved with his flock and concerned with the safety and the well-being of each of his sheep. Hmm. A good shepherd. Wow. A good shepherd loves his sheep and develops a close, intimate relationship with them so that they know his voice and trust him. I just want to stop a minute and reflect on that paragraph that I read there. Having the good shepherd be intimate with us is so beautiful. So beautiful. Um, as I was sitting last night preparing I left my heart wander, and I thought, oh my goodness sakes alive, 
the intimacy that the good shepherd and I have spent together has just been priceless. Just priceless. How about you? How about you? Your moments that you're alone with God. Um, maybe it's with a spouse. Maybe it's uh, in the midst of nature. Maybe you're somewhat isolated. You took a hike and you just see the awesome beauty of his creation. Um, I'm thinking um, one of the times that I think just about brought me to my knees was when Bonnie and I, uh, we went snowmobiling to West Yellowstone in the middle of winter with uh, Church of the Brethren. I think there was about 50 of us, I believe. It was a full bus load. And then when we, uh, when we got out there, we split in three groups, about roughly about 17, 18 or so in a group. And it's just a lot easier than trying to keep 50 people together. But on Sunday morning, we met at this gorge in West Yellowstone, I believe it was. And we were at an overlook standing right at the edge of a gorge. And it was a big gorge. And it just went on for miles as far as you could see. And, you know, I think at that point, uh, there were several feet of snow where no one had walked. There were several feet of snow easily. And um, the leader of the group came to me and asked me if I would lead a Sunday morning devotional. And he said, I, I was told that you would be the right guy to ask. And I said, well, thanks. <laughs> and so I did. And he said, you can share something personal. That always is a good thing and a growth thing. And so I had shared uh, a situation that happened. But when we, we got to the end, um, it was funny because uh, Bonnie's parents were, were with and her mother being very good at uh, singing and starting singing. Um, as we gathered together, all 50 of us standing there at the edge of this ravine and during our service, we sang, How Great Thou Art. There was 50 of us and there was many times in the course of singing not only a verse, but the chorus, there might have only been 20 or 25 singing because the rest of us were welled up in the beauty that was before us. It was just awesome to sing a song, How Great Thou Art, and stand at such a majestic place and look out over don't miss those times in life. Um, I'm sure you have a special place. It's probably different for each one of us. But those are growing points. Those are points when, when we can sit down on a rock in the woods and know that the good shepherd is sitting there beside us. You'll never forget it. 
The other thing that I'd just like to highlight is the gentle voice of the good shepherd. Some of you may say, not sure what you're talking about. That's okay. That's all right. I have been blessed to hear the gentle voice of the shepherd several times. And it will stop you in your tracks. Literally. It's beautiful. If that's what a taste of heaven is like when we sit at the feet of Jesus, we are in for a treat. We are in for a treat. I want to just uh, close my devotional time by one of my favorite verses. I love this verse. And it's out of Revelations 3.20, and it reads, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. How about that? That's a pretty good offer. So we are going to, my goodness, my time's getting away from me. I didn't even ask what time I need to close. But, uh, we're, uh, we're going to transcend, and I think there are some folks here. I know some of your stories. If you would like to share and give honor to the good shepherd, would you raise and Bonnie will bring a mic around to you. We'd be honored to hear. Over here we have one, Ryan and Hazel. Go ahead, that way we can hear, and that way they hear it online, Hazel. Mm -hmm. Well, the end of May, Ryan and I will be married 58 years. Awesome. And thank you. Not all of them were smooth years. We've had lumps and bumps, and, but I must give praise to the good Lord because he was with us always through all that. And the older we get, the closer we get. The more you get in that Bible, the closer you get. And he's just been great to us. And, and I know that he's with us always, even when we're in them lumps and bumps. Mm -hmm. He's just always there. And we both love him very much. Awesome. Thank you. Who will be next? Who will be next and share? Over here is one Roxanne Day. I'll just give it in a nutshell. When I was seven years old, I had a vision that I was standing in a bar and there were many things going on that as a child um, I was taught were very wrong. And the person that was with me in the vision, I asked, I said, oh, am I gonna do drugs? And he said, they'll be all around you, but you don't have to. If you do, we'll deal with it. That vision terrified me as a child. And um, we had just started Good News Club in our church. And my thought was, 
if my life is going to take that kind of turn, I want someone much greater than me in charge of my life. And so I fasted for two days. I didn't eat any more food than I could possibly get away with with my mom, because you have to eat what's on your plate. But I, I ate as little as possible until Wednesday night when we went to Good News Club and I accepted Jesus in my heart. And then I caused all kinds of ruckus at school because I took my wordless book to school and tried to save all the children in my classroom. I went to the principal's office for that one. Mm -hmm. But in my 20s, I went into voluntary service. And by a <laughs> crazy series of events, ended up um, stopping some very illegal activity and caused some very powerful people to be very angry with me. And I would have been destroyed, except for the but God theory. Because God, in his grace and his mercy and in his will, said, no, you will not destroy this child of mine. And eventually, he uprooted me out of Texas, and he brought me to Florida to raise my children in relative peace. Not free of danger. He still was very, very close to us, but he provided for all of our needs, and it was him. It, it was very little of what I did. It was all God. And I just praise him and thank him for that. So now here's a new chapter. I'm in Pennsylvania. <laughs> and I would just say that God is not done with me yet. I am far from perfect, but I praise him for his provision and his grace, and now his healing, because I've had sickness while I'm up here. But, um, but he is healing me, and I praise him for that. Amen. Amen. What a testimony. Who will be next? We have time for several more. Um, <clears throat> my brother-in-law, Lyle, passed away uh, about a couple months ago. Um, over the years, he had eight different kinds of cancer. And through all of that, we would pray for healing, and God was faithful and healed him. This last time, um, he just was so tired. And um, so my prayers turned from healing to ending his suffering and for God to take him home. And at this time of year, I just kind of think, um, how he must, how it must have been when he, the Lord called him home and he could see the nail prints on the Lord's hands and feet and the sword in his side and to see the glory of the Lord and how beautiful heaven must be. So even though we stopped praying for healing, he had the best healing of all, permanent healing where he's happy. And I can just imagine he's probably trying to run things up there because he kind of did that down here. But um, he, was a, he was a good guy. And I know 
that I could pray for the Lord to take him home because he was saved. We knew he was saved. And so that was a, a real blessing. And um, hospice was called in one day and they brought the hospital bed and he died the next day. Mm -hmm. So the Lord was very, very, very good to, um, mm -hmm. to take him home and to stop his suffering. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Who'll be next? The Good Shepherd. I'll make this as short as I can. I know we're holding things up. You're good. But uh, I'm a strong believer in prayer. Knee mail is better than email. And uh, I sure have uh, had my times with prayer. And uh, I was, it was answered for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm very thankful that he is always there and we all have this option. Mm -hmm. And we need to take a use of that. Amen. Bless your heart, Ryan. <laughs> I still remember coming to visit you in Harrisburg. Well, okay. I just want to praise the Lord today with the beautiful sunshine and being able to come to the house of the Lord. And I uh, have a son that's having some hard times and my heart gets very heavy. And sometimes it's even very hard to pray because I'm so heavy in my heart. And uh, I just pray for God's will to truly be done in his life that he will be set free and can go forth living as a child of God. And um, I just want to praise the Lord today for taking care of him and giving me the strength to continue in prayer and stand and believe in Jesus Christ. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Last night, as I was uh, <laughs> last night as I was going through uh, actually my phone for some helps, there was a picture came up, and I didn't have time to get it up on the slide, but it was a picture of a flock of sheep, and it was a picture of Jesus coming back. He had gone away, and he was coming back towards the flock of sheep with a lamb wrapped around his neck at his collar. And I thought, oh, yeah, I like that. I like that. It reminded me of when we would get our sheep for our live nativity, and many times uh, they would give us lambs that were I think the one day was almost a, a full day old. Many times it was two days, sometimes three days old. And it's just like the beauty of that. And I relate that to our topic this morning, the Good Shepherd. One or two more. We're still good for over here. 
I just want to share something. Brian and Hazel's appeared this before, so they need cotton. <laughs> and I heard a preacher one time back in in the 70s give an illustration about the Christian life is like getting in a canoe. You get in a canoe, it takes some a little uh, extra paddling to go upstream, and that's that's going for Christian life. It don't take much to go downstream. All you have to do is stir a little bit. So we can get through this world without Christ by just a little bit of stirring to go downstream. But then in the point of this, the the paddle is the word of God. More we get the word more we get the word of God in us, the easier it is to go upstream. And we get to going along real good and all of a sudden there's a log coming down. Oh, we gotta turn and get around that. And, uh, and we, now we've got to get heading back upstream. And this minister says, if a salmon can go upstream, I'm not going to let no fish beat me out of the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> okay. And you know, that was back in the 70s, and that's really stuck with me. So basically what I'm saying, we really need to be in the word of God because that's where God speaks to our hearts. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot to... In the world we live in, it's so easy to get drug off on the TV and entertainments and other things to not spend enough time in the Word. I'm guilty of that at times. Mm -hmm. But greater is he that is in me and he that is in the world. So I just praise the God for that. Uh, test, uh, the pastor sharing that about going upstream. It takes work. Mm -hmm. We've got to stay focused on Jesus. Absolutely. God bless you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe there's an urge for, for one more. I'm sorry, over here, babe. Thank you. Oh, sorry, because I'll probably cry. Um, I grew up in a pretty broken home. My parents weren't saved. And... My grandmother on my mom's side is the one who really brought me to church, raised me, helped me to accept the Lord. And I've been sitting here trying to think about what I could share because there's so many things. And you were talking about how great thou art. My dad's dad, that was his song. He passed away listening to that song. Mm. Um, so I'm sitting here thinking about it. And that is really what brought me to this my dad is down here right now um, with some health concerns, and my mom's mom is very close to my dad, and I promised my grandfather we would take care of him because he worried about him and his heart, and this trip down, my nan was able to talk my dad into, not talk him into, talk to him about it, and my dad finally made the decision to accept Christ. Oh, yes. Precious. Beautiful. Anyone else? Okay, over here. Is that a yes? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, sorry about that. Okay. Anyone else? Don't cut anybody off. It has been a blessing 
One last chance if you want to. Raise your hand. I just want to share um, a personal family experience that uh, we had. Um, we loved our kids growing up. Um, oh, we had normal kids, uh, you know. They were just like anybody else, but my wife and I spent about 20 years um, being co-youth advisors at another church. And we, we sat down and talked with our kids and said, the last thing we want to do is be co-youth advisors and not allow you kids to be teens at a youth function because mom and dad are there. Boy, that's leaving the rope out. That is really leaving the rope out. So we intentionally would choose, um, sometimes with the help of our kids, if there was a weekend getaway or certain functions, we would ask some friends of ours who said they would be alternate youth advisors, that we are choosing to stay away from a certain function because we want to allow our kids to be teens, normal teens, just praying that they would hold up their end of the deal. And so our teens planned a weekend, oh, it was like a uh, help me out, maybe a three-day, four-day thing down somewhere below Turkey Hill somewhere. And a weekend, long weekend or whatever. And so they planned a getaway down there, and we had determined that this is going to be a kid's weekend. We're going to stay away. And besides, we had responsibilities at home at the, the sales yard. So our oldest son had just got his driver's license, and one of his best friends who lived not too far away also worked for his dad. And they decided that they were going to wait until Friday afternoon. They were going to bring two, I think, two 15-passenger van loads up to Chickie's Rock, and they were going to do rock climbing. Well, boy, Mom and Dad just really, oh. I was like, oh, Lord, <laughs> man, I'm like putting mats or something at the bottom of Chickie's Rock or something. And so um, we went in for lunch, and Josh, our oldest boy, gobbled down his lunch, and he said, see you, Mom and Dad. We gave him the afternoon all. And he said, I'm going rock climbing. And so he took off, and I think he picked up his buddy in town, and they were going down. And I believe they communicated they got there before the van loads got there. And they hiked. They parked at the bottom of Chickie's Hill where I believe it's Chickie's Creek comes out there. And they beat it back to the wall to pick out their best ascent. And they were 16 years old and they were gonna be, yeah, we'll get the best, the best spot to go up. But they were communicating with some of the teens in the vans and they knew that they were just coming up over the south side of Chickie's Hill and 
moments later, they heard air horns blowing and a crash that just echoed down through the valley. And our team leader missed the entrance at the bottom of Chickie's Rock, pulled alongside of the road, two vans, and then made a decision to do a three-point turn to go back to the entrance of the parking lot and didn't realize that the 15-passenger van takes a much longer swath than a car. And she didn't make it on the first turn. And when she went to back up, she did. And the kids started screaming because there was a loaded tractor trailer coming down off of Chickie's Hill. And there was no way, no way he could get stopped. And they started yelling and she panicked. Our daughter was in the back seat with I think three or four other girls. The girl that was the closest, if I'm correct, the one that was the closest to the tractor trailer coming had enough time to take her seatbelt off and jump out of the way. She just jumped over across the other girls. It's good she did. There was nothing left to that corner of the van. The other girls in the back seat of the van, their seatbelts tore, tore from the impact. The van <clears throat> was spun around a ring and slammed up against the guardrail on the southbound side. Josh and his friend ran, fearing that it could possibly be the youth group because he knew they were at the top of the hill only moments before. And he ran out to the van and sure enough it was. And the tractor trailer driver could not, if he wanted to, he couldn't veer off to the right because he couldn't break the stop because the second van was sitting there on the right shoulder of the road. And the impact was incredible. And when Josh got out to the accident scene, he found his sister, our daughter, Anne, outside of the van over the guardrail, 12 or 14 feet over the guardrail, laying face down in the grass. She had gone up over the seat somehow and went out through the side window of the van and landed on the other side of the guardrail. There were no serious complications from the accident. There was a broken leg. One of the guys had a broken leg. There were some others that had to stay in maybe for what, a day or two in the hospital but not what you would think. I know my best friend and I did 20 years of cemetery work for our church. 
His daughters were there too. And we said, we could be burying a whole row of teens. And he looked at me and he said, Ed, do you think you could do it? And I said, I think we'd have to ask another excavator to come do it, respectively. Our daughter had a broken jaw. Her two brothers loved it because she had it wired shut for, uh, I don't remember how long, but 12 weeks. I pitied her. She had it wired shut and they laughed when mom made a really good meal. And they said, oh, Ann, this is so good. And she's sitting there sucking on some kind of a, I don't know, nutrient thing. And then every now and then she'd get too much in and she'd be trying to cough with her gum wired shut. But her brothers just had a heyday out of this. But as soon as we got word, we went to the hospital. And you can only imagine the pressure from the youth leader. Unbelievable pressure from the youth leader. And my wife and I were coming, walking down the hall. There were several of the teens on the same floor. And the poor girl was just in shambles. And my wife and I walked up to her and we just hugged her and held her. And said, God is awesome. God is awesome. Don't you dare take this on your shoulders. And she said, but it's my fault. I made the mistake. And we said, no. No. God watched out that day. And we give thanks. That was years ago. And we give thanks to this day. Anne's brothers still give her a few jabs about her mouth where it shut and wonder what it's going to happen again. <laughs> but I think that is normal. So the worship team, you're welcome to come up a while. And uh, I, I just want to share. I had no idea when I had talked to Nick several weeks ago and I said, Nick, I think maybe testimony time is really, really precious, really, really awesome. <laughs> I had no idea that several weeks later that this opportunity would come up. So I just challenge you this morning and I ask you, are you walking with the good shepherd? Thank you. Hi, this is Pastor Nick. Thanks for listening. I hope something that you heard today was very helpful. If you want to connect with us further, feel free to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, kanoichurch.org. Sure, I'm glad we're in this together. Thank you.